Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the No Respect Podcast. My name is Mackie and joined alongside me are Alex and Justin. It has been a very, very long time and as you can see, we got a new look uh, for the 2021-2022 season. Uh, boys, first things first, how was your summer? Justin. It's pretty good. We, uh, I've seen you since the summer happened, so you know how I was, but I'm doing pretty I'm good. for the folks back at home. Still, uh, still reeling from the the Stanley Cup final loss there, but it was a very eventful off season. So I'm ready to kind of talk about it and maybe not talk about certain things that happened this off season because it was pretty sketchy. It was pretty brutal and uh, some good, some bad. So yes, yes, definitely a little bit of a mixed salad for this uh, this off season. What about yourself, Alex? How was your summer for the folks back at home, Justin? I'm aware of how your summer was. It's okay. <laughs> I've been good, man. Thank you. To be honest, uh, after that rough loss, I haven't been following or watching hockey much. I haven't seen much of the preseason, so I'm looking forward to getting back into it. And I'm hyped reading up on all the news and uh, obviously some less happy stuff in the last few days with the the price news. But uh, looking forward to Wednesday and kicking off the season. Yeah, and uh, and guys, we're, uh, we're we apologize for not giving you necessarily the closure that you deserve as a listener. And I know that we've had some folks kind of reach out during the off season and asking for that last uh, that last episode. We wanted to time it for the uh, Seattle draft, and then it got leaked. So we said, okay, we'll we'll wait. Um, and then the Habs drafted Logan Mayu. The Habs uh, lost Shea Weber. And there was just an influx of things that were happening that we wanted to start and talk about things, but there was just so much going on. And then after that, the timing of the season. So um, we just decided, let's just wait till the beginning of the season. And here we are with a new format. Uh, we're going to try something new out uh, for um, for this season. Um, it's not really going to be that different. If you're listening to podcasts, you might notice a little bit of a change. Uh, but what we're going to do is... Um, basically kind of try to condense uh, our podcast. Obviously, if you've been well listening throughout the season last year, uh, our podcasts tend to get pretty lengthy, uh, which was great, um, but maybe not for you. Um, so we're just going to try something new and, and maybe just try to shorten our segments and be a little bit more organized on that. You guys can give us feedback. Apart uh, from that, we've got some new things that we're testing out in terms of growing our community. We have started a Discord server if you don't know what discord is if you go on youtube um you'll see the link below we've added it but you can join the discord uh, and chat have some fun roast us in this discord it's great uh some ideas for segments maybe come on the podcast if you're a part of it all of these things so um we're gonna go ahead with this formula for now we might revert back but hey we had some fun last season with the playoffs and that new format so we just decided let's try to figure something out for the regular season and that's a little bit of part of the reason why we delayed uh for this recording but all that being said we're back at it for the 2021 season um and 2022 season for the montreal canadians and episode one we go again so let's get right into it folks so the last time we spoke it was game five stanley cup we thought the montreal canadians were about to maybe do a miracle comeback the mayor of tampa bay spoke shit and we we thought that was enough fuel. Uh, it didn't end up being the case. The Montreal Canadiens lose, and 
we have quite the offseason with uh, a grocery list that I'm going to mention here of departures and arrivals. Uh, so quite a few here. So starting with Dano, Perry, Kotkaniemi, my baby boy with the jersey, Tatar, Gustafsson, Merrill, and Stahl. All of the departures. And then after that, we had the acquisitions of Hoffman, Dvorak, Savard, Paquette, Perrault, Wyman, Niku, and Mutombo. Uh, and all of this, I'm not mentioning the fact that we just spoke about it in the intro, but uh, Weber and Price, uh, obviously out. Uh, Weber, LTIR, maybe not even coming back for the rest of his career. And Price uh, voluntarily going into the player assistance program uh, for the issues that he's dealing with. Uh, and we're not going to speculate on those, but this, all this to say, uh, changes the roster quite a bit. And my question to you, Alex and Justin, is which key departure hurts the most? Um, and we'll start there and then we can get into what signing helps the most. Uh, so Alex, start with you. What, what's hurting you the most here? Yeah, just to start, it's crazy when you list them out like that, how many name changes we actually have on the team. But uh, for departures, I'll pick the obvious one, Phil Deneau. We saw the impact he had in the playoffs, just shutting down the first line on every team, basically. I know he didn't have the offense we wanted, but uh, we got everything we needed out of him. And it's a shame to see a local guy walk, especially in free agency, not even a trade. Um, so kind of disappointing end to his career here i guess not to get that cup as a local guy but uh yeah all the best to phil Deneau. glad to see him get paid and uh that's my that's my biggest loss to this team this summer justin yeah i mean i can't say i disagree i think Deno is a huge huge piece and a huge kind of loss because he, he just ate up so much minutes he was a first line center Maybe didn't have the offense, but still played that all-around role and, and could put up around 50 points every season. I mean, a different guy is... I know he didn't really show up in the in the playoffs, but Tatar is pretty much a 25 to 30 goal scorer for us for the last, what was it, three, four years. He was super consistent with Deno and Gallagher on that line. Like, he's just been one of the best offensive players that we've had in the past couple in the past few years so he's he's a big loss obviously we saw that like he kind of didn't show up in the playoffs so we kind of thought okay we, we can deal without him but i think we're gonna i think if we didn't get the 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 kind of additions on forward like hoffman dvorak we have caulfield coming up if we didn't have that then we'd see a big fall off in scoring from tatar leaving but since we have those guys then it's it's i guess it's kind of like a easier pill to swallow um, but yeah, that's, that's it for me. I guess the known Tatar are the big ones. Yeah. I, I guess my, my only, uh, point here that I add, I think that, uh, that the low key one that, that kind of hurt everybody from an emotional standpoint, especially with his comments at the end of the season, him tearing up was also Corey Perry. Uh, you know, he yeah. loved it in Montreal. Um, he signed a two year deal with the Tampa Bay lightning, obviously joining forces with the dark side and the Tampa Bay mayor. Um, but at that, you know, I, I completely agree. I think that the two players that you guys named from a more significant portion of their, their performance to this team, uh, to date, those were the guys Tatar and Daniel. Um, but that leads me into the second question, which is you have those departures 
and we have a list of names that I just went through for arrivals. And some would say that the Montreal Canadiens are now very deep on the wing. And uh, yeah, Hoffman, by the way, Alex's favorite player ever, and uh, he's now a Hab. So, yeah, I, <laughs> let me know which one, uh, which one you're going to choose, Alex, to start it off. How about that? Man, how many years have I been calling this for, waiting for this for? Man, it's got to be at least uh, Mike Hoffman. What is there to say? Just a pure sniper, no defense, no back check, just, <laughs> just top corner. And, uh, I mean... I spent a couple months in Ottawa, got to see a Senators game. He had a hat trick there. This is just the type of guy you want to see on the team, pure offense. Like you said, deep at the wings now. We needed some scoring help, and uh, he's going to bring that. Doesn't matter all the uh, the negative negativity about him. That's all we need is goals, and he's going to win us games. I like it. I uh, I wasn't expecting any different answer from you. And and to be honest, when it comes to a winger, you know, like we have enough players to play defense. And I completely agree that it's been a, it's been a while that we don't get like an offensive player. And it's it's um it's one of those luxuries that I feel like the 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 Montreal Canadiens just haven't had. And having just a pure goal scorer that's like offensive, like we've had Alexander Semin for a couple of weeks. Uh, you know, those types of guys, those types of low key signings. Um, and, um, and yeah, so, so for you, Justin, uh, is it Hoffman as well? Is it, uh, Christian Dvorak, uh, Savard? Who is it? Uh, I mean, I like Hoffman, but as Alex said, he's kind of a one dimensional player as much as he is like a pure goal scorer and he's going to probably score around 25 to 30 goals. I think Dvorak is just like a key signing in the, in what happened in this offseason and us losing Kotkaniemi to an offer sheet we had to sign a player like Dvorak to once on one hand replace Kotkaniemi but also replace the huge hole that Deno leaving uh left in the team so I think Dvorak is that kind of player he's like a 200 foot player he's good defensively he's pretty decent offensively as well and he has room to grow as well. Like he's, I think he's only 25 years old. And we saw some flashes of, of great stuff with uh, Drew and Anderson in the preseason. They had some chem. So hoping to see a lot, hoping uh, for a lot from him. I think he's going to be a good second line center for us. And I think he's, he's like the, the premium prospect, uh, sorry, the premium signing for me uh, for the Habs this offseason. Yeah, I completely agree in terms of like replacing that key defensive. I, I won't say that he matches Dano in terms of the, no. the defense that he's going to provide, but I think he's going to fill enough of a hole that the rest no of the pun team intended by on that fill. Yeah. yeah, I like that. I like that. Um, I don't really like it, but anyway. <laughs> no, but my point is, is that Dvorak, one, one low key thing about him is his power play. Uh, and that bumper position. He is absolutely nasty um, based off of the research that I did quickly on YouTube and looking at his uh, highlights on uh, Arizona. But as we saw in the preseason, they've had some chemistry between him, Drouin, and uh, as well as Anderson. And and I mean, on that power play, he seems to have that knack and that's going to help the team. And, and the loss of Phil Deneau, we're going to get into what we think about the team right after this. But I just think that it's going to be important to have a second line center like him following Nick Suzuki in a year that he progresses as well um, to have some offense. Because uh, as much as I love Philly cheesesteak, he went to, you know, L.A., 
He's going to play, you know, that defensive role. I don't know how much more offense he's going to provide. You know, he had how many goals last year? I can't even remember. So, it two goals. <laughs> so, it's 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 a little bit different compared to Dvorak, who might not have the same defensive skills as Philip Deneau, who is probably the best in the league, honestly. Like, shutdown center, probably one of the best up there with, like, you know, the Patrice Bergerons of this world and Anse Kopitars and stuff like that. But, you know, we need some offense. And, sorry, go ahead, Justin, please. I didn't want to, sorry, I didn't want to cut you off. I, I just want to kind of ask you guys a cut and dry question, yes or no. Do you think we're better or worse than we were after last season? Right now. Honestly, it's it's difficult to say, and and I th- I think removing the uh, additions and and subtractions from like the offseason in terms of signings. If I had to answer based off of the fact that there's no Carey Price right now and no um, Shea Weber, I would say that we maybe take a little bit of a step back, just like a little bit, you know, I, I at least in terms of um, solid and um, like proven NHL talent, yes. In terms of the potential, I would say no, because you got Nick Suzuki, Cole Caulfield, uh, all of these guys that are coming in and, and they have another year of development where they're going to come in. So it's more of a question mark as to if that answer is yes for me. But f- to be safe, I'd say no, we're not better, but by a smidge. That was like a 400 word answer for like a yes or no question. But yes, I know. Good answer. Good answer. Good job. I, I might surprise you with this, but I'm going to say we are a better team. But that's the only part that's going to surprise you. For the rest, I'm going to say we're going to have less success than last year. And I think we might actually miss the playoffs just due to the strength of the division and the teams around us. But uh, I think we're a better team on paper. Just the Hoffman yeah, factor, yeah. right? The Hoffman yeah, exactly. Factor, <laughs> Yeah, well, let's get into it. We're going to do some team predictions right after this. Here we go. And we're back for team predictions in a quick segue. Um, The Habs, no longer in the North Division. Uh, We're back to normal 82-game season. Um, You know, fans coming back into the stands, that's a different story. But what this means is that we're back in the Atlantic. And the Atlantic this year, as it has been for multiple years, stacked a tabarnak uh, for the Montreal Canadiens. <laughs> and even though they have done well um, in uh, in acquiring new pieces and trying to be a competitive team, uh, it still remains a challenge in this uh, division. And that's what we're going to talk about. So we've got in the Atlantic divisions, the Bruins, the Sabres, tire fire right over there, uh, Red Wings, the Panthers, the Senators, the Lightning, and the Maple Leafs. So... Fair to say that there are maybe two teams here that we can safely count out of the race. And even then, you never know what can happen in hockey, as we saw the miracle run of the Montreal Canadiens in the Stanley Cup playoffs last season. But so the Sabres and the Red Wings, we can agree, probably not ready. Jack Eichel about to move on for the Sabres, and the Red Wings are still in a rebuild. So that leaves us with the Bruins, Panthers, Canadiens, Senators, Lightning, and Maple Leafs. My question to you, Alex, Justin, starting with you, Justin, do the Montreal Canadiens make it into the playoffs this year? Oh, it's a tough one. I mean, I I see this division as like, there's, to me, 
the Leafs and the Lightning are 100% going to make the playoffs. And then you have the Sabres, the Red Wings that are 100% going to not make the playoffs. And then you have the Bruins, Panthers, Habs that are left there to, to get the final spot. And I I, I mean, I want to say this: the Sens maybe have an outside chance. They had a really good end of the season last season. And they have a lot of young players that could maybe do something if they eventually fucking sign Brady Kachuk. Um, but yeah... It's it's a crapshoot. I don't know. I think if the Habs make it, they're gonna make it in like the wild card spot or or like the the fourth spot there. So yeah, I I hope they do, but I if they do, it's gonna be by the skin of their teeth. But just how no, we like it, baby. You. That's how we made it last year. Yeah, it just keeps us on our toes. You know what I mean, Alex? Yeah, I mean, I don't think there's much to add to that. I think we're all gonna have very similar answers. That there are those top teams that are realistically locks and we're going to be fighting for that wild card spot i think it is doable but again if we do get in it's going to be a little squeak in at the end of the season um i think ottawa may surprise people in uh in the north division they were causing problems i mean they were still far out but it's a young team that uh again i don't see them making the playoffs but i think they might be closer to us than we think and the other question mark, I think, is Boston, who we've been calling their decline every year for probably 10 years now. But they keep uh, they keep winning. They keep showing up. So, yeah, those are my two question marks. But I think we'll, uh, we'll either just miss or squeak it. The only thing that I would say differently, and this, this will segue into my next question that is more Habs related, but... There's, I think, a few things that can happen. And I, where I differ my answer between you two is that the teams that I think that are really like a lock are Tampa Bay and the Florida Panthers. Um, Toronto Maple Leafs, I, I know. I know that they're going to make the playoffs realistically, okay? But there is a scenario in my head, and it starts in nets for me because they lost Freddie Anderson. And I know Jack Campbell was a guy that came in and, and was a good performer for them. But I, they've got him, Peter Mrazek. There is a scenario that can present itself where things can go south. Um, so that segues into what I want to ask you guys for the Montreal Canadiens, is that I feel like there's two paths that the Montreal Canadiens could go through. Is that it's either going to be, for me, a good season, a great season where the Habs make the playoffs and they can have a little bit of buzz. Who knows if they get to the Stanley Cup finals again? I'm not sure. But I see two scenarios. Is that all of these injuries, the loss of, you know, Shea Weber, uh, Carey Price not being like with the team for the amount of time that he's going to miss. Some injuries to Hoffman, a young core in Nick Suzuki, Cole Caulfield, maybe there's going to be some some kind of you know delay there. Uh, Jake Allen is going to be a starter for a little bit. All of those all those factors. Now it can either be that they arise to this occasion, and then after that the additions help with solidifying their place. Um, so my question in all of this is that where do you see the elements that are going to either bring the Montreal Canadiens to success, or what are the elements that are going to bring them? To their downfall so i know that was a long kind of uh preloaded question but 
it allows you to kind of develop on your answer. So, Justin, I don't know if you're ready because you seemed a little bit uh, perplexed by my by my phrasing. I was very perplexed. Yeah, this yeah. is like a, it's like a, it's a thesis or something. Yeah, exactly. Thesis question, but um, yeah, I was just thinking about it, and the first thing I thought about was scoring because the Habs always have troubles with scoring, and I think this is the first year that I'm a Habs fan that I don't think we'll have trouble with scoring. Because we just have scoring all around, like our tops, our top nine is just filled with people that can score. Um, the key to our success, I think, is going to be our defense being able to step up in the loss of Shea Weber. Um, Jeff Petrie has shown in the past that he can be that like number one defenseman. When Shea Weber, Shea Weber wasn't there, he would step up and he'd play like his best games of the of the season when Shea Weber would be out. Um, another guy that I think has to be good and has to be better than what we've seen in the preseason so far is David Savard. Um, he was kind of brought in to replace Shea Weber. I don't think anyone can replace him, but yeah, I, I've just found that he hasn't really found his step so far, and I think he needs to be a key in our defense, um, along with Ben Sherratt, who's his partner right now. So I think the, the defense is really what took a hit in the offseason, and that is what I think will be the deciding factor if, if we are winning games or losing games. Sammy Niku is not the answer for you? He could be. Could be. Okay, I like that. I like that. Uh, <laughs> Maybe Sammy because Niku, it's who, uh, Yeah. <laughs> Sammy Niku, who uh, we signed, uh, I think, to like a one-year deal. He came from Winnipeg. I know that there's been uh, some good talks about him being a uh, maybe a, a little gem. Uh, yeah. What is it? Is What's it, the thing? Like a... Co- Diamond in the rough, that's it? Yeah. That's the way to say it? It sucks, though. He played one shift in a preseason game and got a concussion from a hit from yeah, behind. It was, which was, uh, was it Norris or Batherson? I can't remember. Norris? I, I think it was Norris. One of those fuck Anyways. boys. <laughs> uh, Alex, uh, coming back to my uh, prolonged question, uh, what are the keys or the uh, elements that will either be the... Um, factors of uh, <laughs> success or downfall for the Montreal Canadiens, if I can say it that way. Yeah, I'll start with the downfall. And I can't believe I'm still even discussing this considering how much we pay our goalies. And it's not to downplay the situation with Price. Obviously, it's a shame and all the best to him. But I think goaltending is our biggest issue going into this year. Um, Jake Allen obviously was brought in to play a backup role which he's done well so far. But his whole career, he's struggled as a starter. So if he has to take on the most of the load this year, I'm concerned as to his ability to do that. And like Justin mentioned, with our defense being more of a question mark this season, hopefully he's not left out to dry and we go downhill from there. So I see our goaltending being an issue depending on how long Price needs. Um, for our success, I think Justin put it perfectly. It's the first time in forever as a Habs fan that I'm not worried about scoring. Even if guys like Caulfield, Suzuki struggle a little, sophomore slump or whatever it is, we have so much depth on the wings. I think people posting their line predictions and stuff, some of them had Hoffman on the fourth line, guys like Lekkonen on the fourth line still. It's unbelievably deep at wings. And uh, Dvorak shores up that center. So, yeah, I'm not concerned about the scoring. And I think. So 
So I could see us being successful that way. Yeah, I think one thing that I will say, and this is this is going to be the the make or break for me, is Nick Suzuki and the Cole Caulfield tandem. That for me is going to be either it's going to be exactly what we want it and hope to be, or it might be another year where they're still trying to find their stride and their young kids that might ha- might have some some moments of inconsistency. But that's where I really see the team not being able to. I know that we have scoring on the wings and stuff like that. But we've always been a team that lacks that number one center um, in terms of performance. And Nick Suzuki seems to be the answer. And now you have that perfect coupling on paper with Cole Caulfield. And if that doesn't play out the way that we want it to this season, that for me is the, it's where it's going to kind of either go in the, in the, the fork in the road. So it's either Nick Suzuki turns into this Patrice Bergeron-esque, uh, you know, some people say uh, some Jonathan Tays in him, whatever it is, this two-way effective offensive center um, with Cole Caulfield, who was absolutely electric for us coming in, in the playoffs, playing a big role. And that's the one I'm going to, I'm going to be eager. I don't know what you guys think, if that's going to really play out the way that we think it is, or I don't know. What, what do you guys think? Go ahead, Justin. Sorry, what was the question? What do you guys think about Nick Suzuki and Cole Caulfield? Like, do I you mean, think it's going to play out the way that we we think it is or no? I think they have enough talent for it to play out. I mean, just like it did in the playoffs. It's just like they, they get together and they have the chemistry right away. It's, Nick Suzuki already went through his little sophomore uh, sophomore slump last year, so I think he's he's over the hump, and I think he's I think he's he's gonna develop to be that bona fide one C. I don't think he's gonna end up being a player that maybe scores a hundred points, but I think he's gonna be that player that scores eighty points or so, and he's he's a reliable point per game guy that's two hundred foot and can do it. And Cole Caulfield, he might be a bit more one-dimensional but i think he can fucking snipe the puck in the net and that's all that matters for his game so i mean i think this tandem is going to do fine this year um and like alex said if they don't we have the depth to kind of support the support them not doing as well but uh, yeah i have more i i guess i have more doubt a little more doubt in in Cole Caulfield, like reaching our potential so quickly, reaching his potential so quickly than Nick Suzuki, who I think is more established and more confident in his game right now. I think the thing with them too is that if there are struggles, there's no need to keep them together considering how many creative players there are. You can easily move Caulfield onto the wing of Dvorak and with a guy like Drouin at left wing or something. Also, we haven't mentioned, but Jerome should be back for the first game. He's played the preseason, so good to see that. Hopefully, he has a hell of a year. But yeah, you put a guy with Jerome who can make space and plays for Caulfield and kind of change that change that up if he struggles a bit. And uh, I think you have all of the capability in the world to just juggle lines this year and find something that works. We don't have that issue of someone being stuck playing with I won't name drop players, but worse players, less creative players. So I think you can find a spark basically anywhere this year. 
Good takes. I, uh, let us know what you guys think uh, down below in the comments if you're on YouTube. And if not, you can hit us up on Twitter. Uh, you got a new format here where you can see it at No Respect Podcast. You take out the C, you take out the T, you throw in a K. You got No Respect Podcast with a couple of other letters there. Um, but yeah, so let us know your opinion on this one. Um, and uh, we'll be right back after this to talk a little bit about the Kotkaniemi situation uh, and... Uh, a little would you rather segment. So we'll be right back right after this. So a little reminder for those of you who have never uh, been a part of this uh, would you rather segment. It's pretty simple. We pin two players against one another. And this one is perfect for the Montreal Canadiens in this offseason. Our baby boy, Esperi Kotkaniemi, who signs an offer sheet, I think it was $6.1 million. That's a lot of cash, baby, for our baby boy that is now a Carolina Hurricane. Um, and we pin him against the player that we swapped, that first-round pick that we received from um, Carolina Hurricanes in Christian Dvorak from the Arizona Coyotes, who is now a member of the Montreal Canadiens. We spoke about him at the top of the show. But now, in the context of would you rather, I pose you this question, Alex and Justin. Would you rather Jesperi Kotkaniemi or Christian Dvorak? And you can take this any which way that you want. And again, for those of you who may be listening on YouTube or wherever you are, uh, be sure to post your answer to us as well. So, who wants to start? Alex does. <laughs> yeah, I can start. I just want to say also, before I get into it, to everyone who was pissed at Kakanyemi for signing the offer sheet, you're absolutely insane. For a guy like this, you cannot turn down this money when the potential might not be there to make that money in the future. So I uh, just want to call those people up. Um, obviously, I think everyone's going to have the same answer. I could be wrong. But I would pick Dvorak. I think Kotkaniemi's kind of displayed that he won't be reaching that potential. Um, not that he won't be a decent player, but I think Dvorak and him will top out around the same level of talent. Dvorak's locked up on a longer-term contract, fits in with our team now better, I find, and uh, kind of fills in a bit of that hole that Phil Deneau has left. So yeah, I'd take Dvorak any day. I think he has some untapped offensive potential. I know we've seen players leave Arizona and explode. Max Domi, for example, he's regressed a bit now, but I think there's some aspect of playing in Arizona that might kind of weigh down on players and take that joy out of it, I guess. He doesn't seem like the most emotional guy, so I don't know if he'd off the Montreal crowd, but it is different playing in the Bell Center. And, uh, yeah, I could see him having some good potential with guys and having a really good year. And I'd pick him any day over Kakanemi. Okay, pretty pretty definitive for Alex. Uh, Justin, what about you? Yeah, for me, it's really a question of, like, the safe, less flashy versus, like, the gamble that could turn into something, like, special. Because Kakanemi, I think has an insane shot when he is able to get it off, has amazing vision when he's able to see it, um, and he's a great passer and stuff, but, I mean, he just hasn't been able to put it together so far in his very, very short career, which is 
two three seasons long and he's still 21 years old or he's either 20 or 21 i guess he's 21 now um but yeah i mean right now i definitely picked Dvorak. i think with for the Habs, he just fits better right now since we're just coming off a stanley cup final uh appearance and going for a, a repeat um but yeah i mean in an like if you would ask me this two months ago when we still had Kakinyemi, i'd be like i'm picking Kakinyemi. i believe in him in the future and like he's gonna become this crazy center but now we don't have him like well fuck the guy like <laughs> let's go with dvorak imagine this question after the game six uh ot win yeah exactly against toronto dude that's the thing like that's why it's so it's it, it like when when he got offer sheeted i was so pitted because i don't know like when you when you have like these young kids you're like they you just like feel connected to them and they have all these like big moments like in the playoffs it's yeah it's tough to say goodbye but i think the Habs are in a better better spot at least right now with christian dvorak yeah i mean listen the uh I, I agree with you guys, uh, you know, and, and and we might get roasted here. There's going to be a lot of people that, you know, Jesperi Kokanyemi is the better player. You should have matched it. And I can understand those arguments. The only thing is, is that for now, when you look at the stats and what the Montreal Canadiens needed, Vorak is definitely the better player right now. Down the line, I could see this being potentially hurtful, but hindsight is always twenty twenty. Like, are you really going to sign... Yes, very cut Kanyemi and affect the contracts of a Nick Suzuki, uh, a Cole Caulfield by signing at 6.1. And what is the extension going to look like? You know, some may argue that you could have gotten a lower figure afterwards once you give him that trust. But what if he's a complete bust, you know, like in this season and you just paid him 6.1 and Nick Suzuki dominates? Like, what do you tell Nick Suzuki? Like, I'm going to pay you seven? No, no chance. Here you keep the hierarchy and and in, in terms of like, prove what you're worth first. I'm happy for the kid. He got paid. I have his jersey. Like, I hate to see him go. You know, like we followed him. He was, he was you know, the the second coming of uh, Victoria Smete uh, at the time when he came in, um, when, uh, when he was, you know, only 18 years old. He got 34 points. He had flashes of brilliance. Like, don't get me wrong. But within this context, and a lot of people are going to say, like, you should have signed him before so that there was no chance. I just don't think we have all the information. Given that, I would still take Christian Dvorak today. It might hurt us in the future. But with that, I think that's the answer that we, on the panel of the No Respect podcast, will give. Let us know your thoughts. Again, it's, it's different, you know. Montreal Canadiens now go into the season with Ryan Paling as maybe a fourth line, third line center. Well, not third line because we got Jake Evans. But, you know, it changes the dynamic for sure. And Jesperi Kotkaniemi with a Christian Dvorak and a Nick Suzuki would have been great. Um, but we don't have that right now. So uh, we're going to wrap up the show show for today um so stick with us and uh, just make sure to give us your comment on this particular would you rather and we'll be right back after this well ladies and gentlemen uh to close out the show we wanted to talk about two topics obviously the hab schedule going into this season we've got a couple of games that we want to see and maybe a couple of predictions but the first topic and uh, we didn't really get into the camp and some of the performances but one individual that we would like to talk about because we just mentioned in the previous segment is ryan paling and with the departure of Jesperi Kotkaniemi, um, and we have Dvorak, we've just spoken about, you know, Nick Suzuki, Jake Evans being signed to a three-year deal at 1.7 million AV. 
think. Yep. Um, but yeah, so now the fourth line could either be uh, the center, could either be Mathieu Perrault, who hasn't played center in a while because of back injuries, but was playing on the wing with the Jets and center at some, po- at some points. And then we had Cédric Paquette, who's coming from the Carolina Hurricanes, if I'm mistaken, or if it was with the Senators, I can't remember. Um, but yeah, if not, there is this um, promising prospect in Ryan Paling who had a great ending to his season in Laval last season and a guy that was a first round pick obviously later in the in that round I can't remember the exact year right now but Ryan Paling what are your thoughts and realistically um do you put a lot of weight on the camp that he just had and do you see him kind of making a spot on this roster above the veterans that I just mentioned uh so start with you yeah it's a tough one because Preseason is always kind of all over the place. You have some guys who come out and eight goals in three preseason games, and then they go zero and 30. All over the place. But it is concerning to see him come out like that. Like you'd expect him to want to take this next step and kind of have more of an impact. Again, also though, I see Paling as more of a prospect, kind of like Jake Evans, who's going to, and at this point, we can't expect him to be a first or second line player. So we're expecting kind of a reliable, hopefully third line center or something. And I think it's still going to take a few more years. So if it takes another year in Laval before he cements a spot, so be it. Um, is a tough one, though. It is concerning, but I think he may still need more time. Justin? Yeah, I mean, I, I totally agree. I mean... I don't think like I see some people bashing him saying it's like a lack of effort and like he's he doesn't seem like he wants to be there and stuff. But I mean, I don't think it's a lack of effort. I just think he's not necessarily ready or he doesn't have the consistency in his game yet to be able to play at this at the NHL level at the NHL preseason level. Um so like we've seen some sparks in his game obviously the infamous first career game where he scores a hat trick against the Leafs there in the last game of the season and and some others some other flashes he's looked okay for stints in the NHL with the Habs but he's never seemed to be able to just have that consistency consistency night in night out and he saw some consistency in in Laval last year so I think he's probably going to be sent back down to Laval and he's going to take some time there to play and get, get some big minutes and just de- develop more and more and, and hopefully score goals and be able to to come to the Habs and be be a, a mainstay in the Habs. But, I mean, if he can't, I I don't see him play, like being on the Habs roster anytime soon. One thing that I've liked is what he's been saying. You know, like I, I know that it's completely random from the actual performance and what's happening, but he, he seems to be a um, an individual that's completely self-aware of his, you know, his shortcomings, what he needs to do and what he had to work on. And, you know, he seems to be very grounded uh, when it comes to that stuff. So there's a part of me that wants to believe that this guy can figure it out. And, you know, I know that Laval and... Maybe it's an extra year that you guys are saying, but to me at this point, is an extra year really going to do that much more to him? Maybe. 
but maybe just kind of getting into the rhythm of the NHL and being a healthy scratch and seeing a couple of those games night in, night out and coming in and out, maybe that's going to help his progression more than just staying in Laval. Um, personally, I would go that route, at least for the beginning of the season, maybe the first 20 games. Uh, I don't know how it's going to work for, um, you know, uh, being on waivers and stuff like that personally, but I, I don't, I don't think he'd be waiver eligible if I'm not mistaken. Maybe he is. If he, if he is, then I, I, I guess you would have to make that decision, but if there is a chance, I might get roasted on this for the comments, but I would rather Ryan Paling stay with them, be a healthy scratch, see some games here and there, and maybe he'll figure it out from there, you know, and, and then we can see the Ryan Paling that is to be with the Montreal Canadiens or not to be. So um, if not, let's get into the Habs games for the first week. The NHL season abound in Wednesday, October 13th, the first game against the all or nothing Toronto Maple Leafs, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Sponsored by um, Amazon Prime. Wow. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Um, but yeah, so we've got the Maple Leafs on Wednesday. Uh, follow it up with the Sabres, which always have had our number. But it's been a while since we haven't played against the Sabres. So that's going to be... It's it's nice to get back to that. Um, and they have no one know, left on the team. So that's, yeah. that's part of it. Jack Eichel about to be they, moved. They're going to beat us like 5-1. Yeah. Realistically. We've got the Rangers on Saturday, October 16th, and then the Sharks, and that, I believe, is going to be... No, Rangers is the home opener on Saturday, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but, yeah, so we've got those four games until the next week, which is uh, which is interesting because it's a nice little variety, a little mix, uh, mixed greens of, uh, of teams uh, to start off for the Montreal Canadiens. Your predictions... Uh, for these four games, let's get uh, let's get the win count, the loss count, and if there's some OT losses in here, Justin. Uh, I think big first win against the uh, against the Leafs. OT, OT winner, Cole Caulfield first goal. Won't be a big deal at all. Um, okay, but yeah, big first it's been, win. It's been done before. Yeah, yeah. Then a huge loss against the Buffalo. I think they're. <laughs> The goalie tandem of Craig Anderson and Dustin Tikarski is just its just too much for the Habs to handle. Um, no, but in all seriousness, I think uh, I think we can win against the Leafs. OT, it seems like it's always OT in the home in the opener against them. So why not again? And this time we'll win it. Buffalo, we win it. Easy. Um, what was the third game? Sorry. Third game is Rangers. Rangers. Rangers, we win it. Why not? I think we go four and zero to start the season. This is an easy schedule. Uh, honestly, though, it's other than the Leafs, it's pretty. It's a pretty decent schedule for us. I think four and zero for me. Four and zero. Okay. Okay. Alex, please. Yeah, like you said, it's nice to hear these team names that aren't just Calgary, Vancouver. Um, you know what? I'm expecting four and zero as well. <laughs> okay, I like this. I like where it's headed. I like where it's headed. Uh, what did the cop again? Reason, yeah, because uh, <laughs> no, I I was just gonna say it's a it's a no respect tradition. We uh, usually say the Habs will go eighty two and zero each season until it doesn't happen. Okay, so to start <laughs> off, screw it. 
Alex, Justin, myself, Mackie. We're calling a 4-0 week for the first week of the Montreal Canadiens. You can go ahead and roast us. You're probably watching the All or Nothing and big fans of Sheldon Keefe um, at this stage if you're saying that it's not 4-0. And it's okay. We're going to live and die by the sword here with the 4-0 prediction. It might not happen, but if you're a Habs fan, you've joined us. The No Respect Podcast for our first episode back. Episode 1, we go again um, for this season, 2021-2022, for the Montreal Canadiens. For Alex, for Justin, and for myself, Mackie, we've got, uh, we've got another episode that's going to come up. Let us know what you think about this new format. Always open to constructive feedback. Um, you can join us on the new Discord server. We've got the link down below if you're on YouTube. You can follow us at No Respect Podcast on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, and of course, YouTube. Uh, and then lastly, yeah, TikTok <laughs> is nuts, baby. That algorithm is crazy. Um, the last thing that I want to say is that we will have at some point a little surprise for you. I don't want to give it all away and we still don't know exactly, but we will have a new season montage for you and get this with an original song that's backing it uh it's not going to be the greatest song on the planet but the montage is going to be <laughs> sick because justin's going to be doing it um but anyways that is uh, to be staying tuned so make sure you check that out when it's coming out so please follow us on all of the social media join the discord join the community of the no respect fam and for again alex justin myself mackie Make the No Respect Podcast. And we always remind you to respect the Orgasm Nation. Have a good one. Merci et bonsoir. And go Habs go.